you're tuning in to Change It Up, the podcast. A podcast about young people challenging the status quo. I'm Sarah and I'm super excited to be in this journey with you. We Gen Z's have so much to offer this world. We're creative, inclusive, empathic and tenacious. And we're not afraid to stand up for each other. Join me and a fellow Gen Z for a weekly conversation about the behind the scenes of being a young change maker and all the things that matter to us. We're here to build connections and inspire positive change. So do you want to change the world with me? Take along. These activists aren't going to be satisfied with just digital activism, but where change really happens is when you have digital activism paired with the footwork on the ground to really make it happen. So I think if I had to kind of leave it on one note, I say use your media to grow awareness, use your voice to bring attention, use your privilege to drive purpose, and use your limited time on this planet to kind of harness the power of collectivism that drives positive social change at scale. Hi everyone and welcome back to Change It Up. My name is Sarah and I am super excited to be a part of this community, a part of this podcast and bring this episode to you. And especially I think during this time, which are again challenging, um, I can't believe it's it's blurring my mind that we now again are in such a crisis and highly intense situation and it breaks all the Ukraine people and, and for the people affected by this conflict who are completely innocent and and all of the like every single person who who is is on the flight and who has no home or their home is under or their family is is living in different countries and, and is scattered around the world. Um it's it's such a horrible and, and scary wish and I hope that we together and and through whatever impact that we have can help you guys find a way to um to take positive actions and also to take care of yourself because that's the underlying ethos of all of our all of our uh, all of our actions and the thing that we do in humanity up is surrounded that about the ethos that that we are humans first and foremost before we are activists to also take care of ourselves and each other and that is um that these actions are something that we need to be that this is something that we need to be aware of in that we that all of these inspirational humans that we show on the podcast or feature on any other platform that these people are human beings like you and me you don't have to be a superhuman to be an activist and and with that being said we we are trying to work behind the scenes for a guideline or vehicle for you guys for a way to to find a way to make a positive impact or take action and to educate yourself uh, more on the topic of the conflict going on right now in ukraine and russia and how you guys can can find the best option um, and hopefully make it a little bit easier um, to navigate this because it's it is a jungle and it's it's a jungle for all of us and finding a way that fits us um, 
or the way that it as is accessible to us is is it can be difficult and, and hopefully we can find a way to support you guys and thereby support each other in that way um so with that being said i want to turn our attention to this episode which is which was just another mind-blowing conversation with another really inspirational young person. So in today's episode, we are bringing on Jenk Oz. Jenk is the CMO and founder of FRIT, a multimedia platform catered for Gen Z's covering all aspects of youth culture through the lens of social change. FRIT reaches young people in 150 countries globally and has won several awards for their impact and how they organized their organization and won it. What I really found inspirational about Jeng and, and Fred was especially not just that he uh, was at the time he founded iCoolKit, which is uh, the predecessor for Fred. He was the youngest CEO in the UK, but what I found really inspirational uh, was how he has has been able to utilize all of his different passions to build this multimedia platform and that how this platform in 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 being in so diverse that it is actually allows and access and gives availability to young people um and especially our generation which seems to be so multi-passionate and that that exact aim element uh, within his platform and and within himself is something that really allows for representation for for our generation as well and also that he highlights how building connections and and having as much as an inclusive approach as possible um and diversity within within the culture and the way that we talk about things how that is the absolute necessity to making a genuine social and positive impact and I just, without saying anything else, I think we just need to jump into the episode. So without further ado, let's start the episode. I'm great. It's great. It's so nice to meet you. And I'm excited about talking to you today. No, you're not wrong at all. Very nice to meet you too. Um, uh, yeah, all good. Apologies for the name change, by the way. I'm, I'm on Carmen's account. But... You're on Carmen. You're Carmen today. Well, nice to talk to you, uh, Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Do you have any questions before we start or should we just jump into it? I'm happy to jump in whenever. Oh, actually, is, is Sarah or Sarah? Is Sarah, yes. Sarah, okay. I don't like, know. Is there a difference between having an age and not having an age? Well, pronunciation? well, normally, so everyone who I know is called Sarah has an age, but then I also know Sarah's with an age. It's all, I don't know. It's yeah. all a bit Me neither. I'm, I'm, I'm good with whatever you use as, as well. I'm like, oh, I, I actually oh, had one person, one spell with, with like, with a C where they were like Sarah and I was like well that's interesting why would you ever spell me like like the clothing plant brand with like with a C that's like it's so atypical yeah. but but I had one teacher do that one time that was pretty interesting 
Well, well, I just wanted to jump in and, and start. Let's just, uh, I wanted to, to start because something that uh, I really like about your platform and, and that it means a lot to our platform is the way that you guys focus on the positive news and having the positive aspects of, of also sharing that even though we are in a time where things can get highly intensive and there's lots of, of challenging and traumatic and and several states of crisis everywhere you focus that there actually are some positive changes and positive news and things like that and so i wanted to start what is something that that makes you feel hopeful about the future at the moment i think the amount of people that i see kind of inciting local change because effectively something i like to say is that no one person is going to cause global change but Global change is only going to happen with local change on a global scale. So if everyone kind of, if you have these little local leaders kind of doing their thing for the local community, making change, that's how we're going to enact global change. So I think the thing that gives me the most hope and inspires me is seeing that kind of these people are almost being inspired to do kind of to make change. And when they're saying, I, I kind of get DMs every now and again, be like, you inspired me to do this and whatnot. So that kind of I find that quite I'm not saying I'm an inspirational guy but I find that I do find that quite touching when I see that kind of people are enacting their local change and that is kind of not to be cliche but it's kind of one step closer to making global change mm, yeah I like that and I, I like I absolutely love to say you said about the way that you when you get someone and then they tell you and I know that, that you're an artist as well and, and I'm personally myself an artist too and, and work in that space and in the music space and the writing space and it's like the best possible thing that you can ever have someone tell you is that uh, your story or what you did, what you created was was a catalyst for for their change or for their process as well. Um, also, what I think is, is something, I think it means a lot to us that the way that we say that like global change is not made up by one big giant um solution it's created by lots of local solutions and and it's i think it's something that that our generation and us gen z's have have been able to to focus on and realize in a way that's been massive in scale and that's of course something to do with social media and all that stuff that we of course will get into but i think it's is it's really important the way that you highlight that so so i wanted to to start by diving into to your journey and go into how was that entire process of starting from first I call kid and and then developing it to Fred and and for you like stepping up as a leader and creating community can you dive into your journey and and how it was for you yeah sure so um effectively I right take back to when I was kind of like nine years old um the teacher would always ask me everyone on the Monday morning what everyone do on the weekend and my friends would always say I went to go see this football match or I went to go see this kind of uh, I sat at home on the sofa doing nothing Whereas I would always say something like, I went to this graffiti tunnel, or I went to this art, like hip hop convention, or I went, like, it would always be something like a musical, even, like, it would always be something quite kind of different, not weird, but like just different. Mm-hmm. So my friends started asking me, So, Jane, what are you doing on the weekend? Because what you're doing seems like more fun than what I'm doing. Like, can I join in? Long story short, my mum started writing almost like this weekendly newsletter to my mates as parents saying, Here's everything that's on this weekend, here's what we're doing, here's how to join, la di la we quickly realized that kids don't have a place to go. The kids my age have a place to go to find out cool stuff to do in London. So lo and behold, three months later, I did a show and tell to that school and the school assembly uh, about a website called iCoolKid, which was just cool things to do in London for kids. And then 
Kind of three years later, lots of yesing and knowing. Once we decided yes, we then hired and fired three different website companies because apparently 10-year-olds don't know how to code a website. And then lo and behold, we kind of May of 2016, we hired our first employee who was also my guitar teacher at the time because that's what we do. And then uh, May of 2017, we hard-launched iCoolKid. Then we kind of realized that I kind of had my Instagram growing at the time because I was doing some, some music and some acting and whatnot, and the iCoolKid platform was growing. And what I quickly realized was that actually people were reaching out to me and talking about some really kind of really interesting things. So it, it kind of it gave me a more realistic understanding of what other generations that were going through because they started kind of coming to me for these really deep moral dilemmas. Mm. I mean, I think the, some of the most poignant examples were uh, there were like gay teenagers in Russia who didn't know how to come out to their parents because they kind of they tried like five or six times and they refused to believe it. Or, or like, uh, like people who didn't believe in the same faith as their parents or girls who were using rubbish as like like literal litter as like feminine hygiene products. And then I quickly realized that actually these people who were reaching out to me, they weren't the exception, but not having some sort of kind of deep moral dilemma or kind of big issue, that was more of an exception. So I realized that I was actually like really, I was meant to be representing these people and telling them what's cool to do in London, but I actually had no idea what the rest of the world my age was going through. So I kind of had the privilege of this Instagram and this website, and I realized that something needed to change. So that's when I kind of made the change to say, I want to turn my privilege into purpose. So that was when we changed iCoolKit uh, to, in four main ways, we renamed iCoolKit to Thread, which is what it is now. Um, we refocused the content to be 100% a social change-based website, which is global, instead of just cool things to do in London. We repositioned the demographic. So instead of being 8 to 15-year-olds, it's now kind of 16 to 25. But, I mean, we say 16 to 25, we have older and younger readers, but that's kind of where we aim. Mm. And then we repositioned, and then we restructured it. So we added a consulting company alongside the, uh, the publication. And uh, that kind of brings us to today. Thread is a year and a half old. Um, and, yeah, there you go. Wow, it sounds great. Congratulations on all the things that you've done so far. I mean, it's so cool. I, I love the way that you guys have just been like merging the idea. And I think, I don't know for you, but I feel like for our organization as well, and, and, and you spoke about that, where we, it's like our generation, the amount of like of complexity that, that are in our, in our characters, that who we are, the amount of like deep conversations that we can have. I think it's, it's so cool and something that I like growing up realizing that I could have this type of conversations with my friends and they were actually going through something which was highly complex as, as you talked about. And, and it was something that coming together and realizing that we are so diverse and, and we have so many different voices and so many different issues, but actually that diversity that gives us in a unique power and a new way to, to build community, but also to create a positive change. So I wanted to ask you um, about how you, like the way in your process and, and going through these things, um, realize that, that you have something like immensely transformative and impactful in the way that you were actually making a change in people's lives with foot and, and whatever you, whatever else, what, whatever else you were doing. That was a question. So do you want to repeat it? You cut out like, what was the question again? 
Yes. I was just curious about what you, like for you going through all of these things and realizing that you were able to transform people's lives or make an impact on people's lives and, and that stuff. How was that for you? And, and how did you realize that at the beginning or was that something was like incremental in, in the period or whatever? Well, I think I kind of, I realized I had a, I mean, at the time I had the kind of, oh, it's like, not a huge amount of people coming to the website that I could get and like a couple thousand followers, like or like nothing, like not even like 5k, I think. Mm. But then I realized I was like, okay, look, this is, it's not, a, I'm not famous or an influencer, but like, this is like a stepping stone, which I can try and use to be able to make this. So I was kind of given like the platform. And then that was when I realized that actually I can probably make something impactful with this. So that's when I tried to make an impact. And I think, I, I started to feel like I was doing something when people started DMing me saying, you inspired me to do this, you inspired me to do this, like, I uh, love the content you're putting out. So that's when I kind of start. I, I decided to try and make an impact, I guess, when we had the idea for Thread, but I only started really feeling like we have made an impact when people start kind of replying, saying, love what you're doing, this has kind of really inspired me, here's what I enjoy about it. And and was that something that sort of made you even more passionate to go on? I could I could imagine that, but but how did you how were you able to sort of embed that into your community and and create something where it felt like you like your entire community could just inspire each other? Well, I mean, I think it was really really awesome, and I I definitely made me it didn't make me more passionate, but I think it made me kind of almost better at it because mm -hmm. I kind of realized like this is the kind of thing that inspires people. So I need to do this more. So like I, it kind of, it, it drove me to do what I do now because I used to kind of put all sorts of things on my Instagram, but now it's kind of, it's pretty kind of the same stuff because I know that kind of, that's what, that's what people are looking for. So that was the main change that happened when I, when I started to realize I had an impact. And then uh, I think you were asking about kind of building the community. We, I really, we didn't really have to do much to try and build uh, the community, but what I quickly realized was that people like, like activists and change makers were making kind of group chats and then adding me on them. And I was like, what is this? And I, I was so confused at first. And then it was like, actually, no, kind of really kind of young change makers. And we love to kind of have on our board and stuff. So the kind of the community, I don't think I really built the community of kind of young change makers and activists, but I kind of think that I kind of just fell into it almost. <laughs> I like that. That's great. I, I think I think we sort of like all of us realizing that I think it's it's different. Um, I, I, at one point I watched I watched this TED talk um about our generation and Gen Zs and 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 this uh lecturer I think she was a social science lecturer or something like that and she was like well usually I have this course and it was sort of in the change between millennials and Gen Zs and and I teach this course where where all of them has to do some sort of um volunteer work and and usually people just go out and work in organization and whatever but but when at this sort of transition moment all of the students were like well can i work on my own organization can i like yeah. create my own and we're already doing the stuff that she was like trying for them to do and it was so interesting she was like well there seems to be something 
fundamentally different about our generation compared to to other generations and that we are really sort of inherently wanting to make a change and how we want to do activism without actually knowing that we're doing it right um and and i also what i think is something that i know for myself and i think it's it's really apparent to see that that you've been working in music you're working in acting you're working in activism and now consulting and and like the business world and and i can speak for myself I work in all of these fields too. And it's like, well, it seems so evident that that we are multi-passionate. And, and it seems like we've always been taught that we should just follow down one path and we should check that job. And that's sort of the notion of success. And, and that's the notion of who we should be. But instead, we, we like to do lots of different things and we're passionate about lots of different things. And, and for you, how do you feel like, has that been an advantage for you? Uh, um, and has that helped you foster more positive change? And do you think just that's something that is evident for in our entire organization or not organization, entire generation? I think that the, the the kind of thing that, that made the biggest change in what I do was definitely my acting because I, I was actually like kind of really shy and stuff. And then I went to stagecoach and I kind of learned how to act a bit. And then once you get the acting, you learn how to speak kind of proficiently and you learn how to kind of go with what you're saying and you kind of sound more confident. So that massively helped in my public speaking. Mm-hmm. And then once I started my public speaking, it was like, it was like exponential growth is what I was doing. It was like incredible because one public speaking uh, gig leads to another, which leads to another, and then all of a sudden you kind of you've got one after another after another, and you're being interviewed for this and that. And I mean, like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn and sound like I'm very busy because I'm not. But like, it, I think it really helped kind of improve my public speaking. And then once my public speaking kind of started to kind of get going a bit more, it uh, it massively helped. So I think mm-hmm. that the acting is the one thing. The music is cool, and I really enjoy it, but I don't think it's had a huge kind of other than the fact that it's gained me a couple followers and it's just really good fun. I don't think it's a huge amount of what I do. What type of music do you do? Oh, everything. I think my, the main two things that I do is I, uh, I'm a professional DJ. Mm-hmm. And um, so kind of all kind of house, whatnot. And then uh, I also play like instruments. So I play a lot of classical music on the piano and whatnot. Oh, yes. Oh, nice. That's great. Yes. Uh, I, work, I work mainly in the songwriting community. So, so like, oh, yeah. I did some, I did some because I work sometimes as a producer as well. So I did some of like in, in sort of the production theater wise, that sort of area but but it's it's more in in sort of like songwriting classic pop world but but it's so interesting and i i love how how you said like all of these things that that we it sort of filters into somehow there's always something that you learn along the way that you can use along the way um that that's always like the way for you as well like for me with music and and singing and all of these things has allowed me to be able to speak better, to to be more confident in the way that I use my voice and, and being better in that way. And I grew up as an as an elite athlete as well. And that used me, that taught me the way that I could could use my body, that taught me the way that I could structure my life. And all of these things sort of filter in and somehow always make sense down the path. So I think Oh, I, I completely agree. I yeah, completely. Yes. Okay. Um, so, so transitioning into something a little bit more about what you do and and sort of what is important to to our generation and and what makes us different, I want to ask you um, if you could talk a little bit more about what it is that you think is is unique about our generation and our unique power and the things that make us able to to be so um, powerful in in catalyzing positive change and coming together. I mean, look, I think social media is definitely the one thing above everything else that 
I mean, right now, anybody can create massively scalable, hyper-viral content. Like, it's, mm. it's crazy. I, I mean, social change hashtags, uh, viral videos, online petitions all go kind of massively viral in days because of social media. Um, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that kind of online activism, so kind of what we effectively call clicktivism, which is mm. just online activism, is kind of actually far more effective than people might assume. Because um, if you think about it, this kind of, uh, all, even though a well, look, a tweet isn't going to change the world, but a really well-placed tweet can change beliefs that will, in my opinion. Mm. So it, it, a kind of a good post or a good tweet is able to spread little-known ideas and publicize kind of the non-mainstream causes that wouldn't normally get the light of day, but all of a sudden, because of social media, more people get a say in the agenda, and then all of a sudden you have a very outspoken, very changed-minded generation through purely through social media. Yes, and that's so interesting. I also think that that when we talk about like the way that we've been able to to change our consciousness or being able to be more conscious of of issues and and actually change our our like cultural beliefs about things, I think social media has been really powerful in that way. But also that that we see that more and more changing cultural beliefs and belief systems and 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 sort of the conditioning that we all have it's it's really effective in actually making institutional and systemic and political change that that the more we sort of mobilize ourselves to to change that like we talked before about like local changes making a global change right um this is like an individual change in your life the way that you treat people actually make a difference in the whole world if you just have enough people making those changes and making those actions um, so I wanted to dive a little bit more into clicktivism. Can you tell us about like and social media activism? What is it exactly that that we do in and what does it exactly mean? You talked a little bit about like the way that we just spread the message on social media, but we see that social media is such an integral part um, of the activism of our generation. So I want to know more about that. Well, effectively, just to clarify, clicktivism is just any form of digital online social activism. So that can be kind of uh, kind of making videos, sharing hashtags, making filters or using filters or like online petitions, mm. fundraising even, um, kind of giving grants and NPRs, scholarships, the kind of the list is endless. I think it's important to note that one of the reasons it's so effective is because if you think back 30, 40 years ago, before the internet, movements, social change movements were far slower to grow. Uh, it took a year of organization to make the just over a year old, uh, just over a year long Montgomery bus boycott a reality, obviously beginning with Rosa Parks' infamous uh, act of resistance. The civil rights movement took a decade of protests and activists uh, to be kind of big enough to attempt the march on Washington. It was, I mean, if you think about it back then, it was really difficult to convince and recruit and retain passionate people. So this meant that only the largest, only the most important, and only the most convincing of social change movements were able to flourish. But right now, today's world's digital activism, as I said, means that you can turn a, a fringe cause very quickly into a global movement, just in a matter of days, because kind of a post or a concept or idea can go hyper-viral very, very quickly. I mean, examples of that are uh, Saudi women fought for their right to drive cars using social media. Young people took a global stand on period poverty and had taxes removed using mm -hmm. social media, led by Nadia Okamoto. Shout out to Nadia Okamoto. Yeah, that's nice, yeah. And, um, uh, and I mean, Native American communities fought for their kind of, their, their kind of they exerted political pressure through cultural websites. 
Nowadays, the, the digital civic spaces like Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, even Discord are being used to develop our own civic identities. So in order to kind of express our, our political our political views in new and creative ways, the kind of it's super, super easy now, effectively. And uh, anyone can make super, super scalable content. So uh, we're able to adopt a new approach to civic engagement that the previous generations have just not been able to really understand, which I think is really, really important. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Do you have, like, a favorite? I can't come to, like, something up my mind, but you have a favorite, like, social media campaign or activism campaign on social media? Yeah, I think one of the most impactful ones has been, oh, back in 2013, near there, don't quote me on that, but somewhere near there, a 14-year-old girl called Lucy Gavinor uh, shopped at Tesco's and all the, at the time, 40% of the eggs in Tesco's were from caged hens. And she made a petition and she got like an unbelievably large amount of people to sign the petition. And then it went up to kind of test government and then Tesco. And then they, and then by 2025, Tesco then promised to have no eggs from caged hens, which I thought is It's great because it's a young person making change about something so simple, but it, it again using social media shows the impact that they can have. Yes, I I love that. I think it's it's so brilliant you've done. Like it's it's such a small thing that you can can make such a huge impact, and it's something that you can do from from your own home. It's like yeah. you don't have to go outside on the streets or you don't have to mobilize tens of thousands of people. You can actually start a campaign from, from your own bed, from, from whatever. And, and that suits our generation really well as well. Like the, the, the flexibility that we can do things and we can do things at our own time. Um, and, and of course, we, you and I may be a little bit biased in, in speaking that we are artists. Uh, but, but for me, I think it's, it's also evident that what I see and what I have observed is that art plays a huge, plays a huge part in activism and and the other way around that that those two are sort of in, integrated and that that the intersectionality between art and activism is something that is is very evident and becomes more and more evident in how we make social change um how do you think that sort of intersection is unique to to our generation and and what does it look like for you Well, I mean, look, over the past 24, kind of, over the last two years, no kind of generation or group of people or cohort has seized the opportunity to reinvent themselves more than a kind of Generation Z creator community has. Mm. I mean, creators, artists went, uh, went overdrive during the pandemic with more time to experiment, discover, and commit to developing their passions. So the combination of social platforms, website building apps, creator monetizing programs uh, and, and then cloud computing has meant has been a big big gift for the number of growing kind of solopreneurs or young entrepreneurs mm. kind of, i mean discount digital tools fast networks free apps for literally everything from editing videos to dropping merch recording podcasts like this like there's an un, there's an unending list of things that were made so much easier in the pandemic and generation z massively seized that opportunity I mean, kind of all kinds of niche outputs are now finding an audience. So generations of creators can now focus on these small sustainable wins by repeatedly and consistently selling their skills and hence their passions. And then that is kind of the, the term a solopreneur because it's like mm. one solo entrepreneur. I think historically, most creators, apart from kind of major influencers, have rarely received any kind of money-based compensation for what they do, whereas now they're all receiving it because they've all had enough time to figure out how to monetize it. 
So all of that is kind of massively changed now in the creator revolt against these kind of these mega platforms take center stage because they realize that their output can command a direct price. And uh, creators kind of now want a slice of a huge, huge industry of advertising revenue. And uh, you're going you're gonna to start getting these kind of these. I, I mean, you have the platforms like Substack, OnlyFans, Roblox, Twitch and Snapchat are all kind of I mean, they're all examples of places where people can make money. But um, small creators can make money very easily. And it's not kind of just going to the huge, huge influence of the world. Yeah, and I also think it, it something that makes me really curious about is is how we seem to have transitioned and move into while well, the idea of having sort of the celebrities of the world, it sort of seems like we have a more diverse uh, scale of celebrities who who are working on really macro scale. So there's more niches, there's more opportunities to to follow and to engage with the person that exactly is is catered the content for you. Not that we we of course are aware that we don't want to create echo chamber chambers, but on the other side, we are able to connect with people who really relate to ourselves on, on a deeper level that we have before. And and we see that that celebrities are more diverse than sort of the The millennial or just like 20 years ago where, where they were like really packaged it was like the white skinny girl and that's sort of that was the only thing that you can get watching television right um for, for my case at least um but but now it's it's so diverse and and that's something i feel is so optimistic about and i feel it's it's really interesting um and talking about sort of digital environments and the rapid digital changes and and the rise of new social medias and and even more so i think it's something that i've been looking into more and more is is nfts and and metaverses and how that sort of changes our level of reality what do you think is, is that sort of affects the way that we do activism and it's going to look like in the future Wow, that's I mean, a big question. Uh, well, let me just close. Be honest. Maybe uh, you have a thought about it. Maybe you do. Um, look, I think this kind of whole concept of NFTs, you know, kind of metaverses, and these different ecosystems, these digital ecosystems, is being massively accelerated by the pandemic lockdown. Mm. Generation Z have continued to grow and operate into a hybrid world, and this generation really recognizes very little distinction between online and physical worlds because we've become so adapted to kind of COVID and the pandemic that we've kind of we've, we've learned to kind of treat everything we treat both online and and kind of in real life as equal. So more and more Generation Z want to mirror their daily routines, but in the digital world, because again, kind of we're seeing them as equal. So everything from choosing what to wear, what to drive, where to meet, where to meet up with your friends, kind of playing games, attending work meetings, and even kind of buying their first apartment, all real life milestones, you're actually now learning how to do in the metaverse. So I think that it's kind of just the beginning of kind of the, almost kind of like the, the, the next phase of the internet. And uh, where this kind of interconnectivity and this inner operability will become the new kind of everyday. Mm, yes, and I also think like I saw a, a, a read an article about I think it was Animal Farm. Is there something called like that? It's some some video game, something about animals, and they were able to like just through through the the chat, they were able to actually reach out and change. It was something about the way the the like the conditions for for animals and and how they they were in the real world they're actually able to do that just from playing the video game and and i found that so interesting and also for for the perspectives of people like tra training social 
skills. You can actually through through uh, computer games and all that kind of stuff. You can try to to actually, like you said, change and then be able to train all of these skills that we've not been able to do before and use those. Actually, use digital technology to to make ourselves better. But also, there is the other side of things, and I think it's something that. We become more and more aware of with social media that social media has not in and of itself, but how we use it. That really affects our mental health. It affects sometimes our physical health. It affects how we feel about ourselves. But it also uh, has the with the all of the things that we have access to and the things that we can fill our time with. And we have more and more things that we can fill our time with. We we have rapid changes and that affects us. So how do you think like we can be better at taking care of ourselves and taking care of each other as activists, but also sort of not going with the flow instead of crashing and burning with all the changes? Look, I think I think it kind of comes down to the concept that uh, it's kind of it's it's okay not to be okay or it's okay not to be right. Um, I think the idea that we can all be able to talk openly and kind of both privately and publicly should be maintained and i think people are are increasingly more and more nervous to do so for the fear that they're going to say something wrong or incorrect and especially young people that's a really really big pressure to kind of always be correct and always be on the right side of kind of always be on the right side of morality so i think it's quite a hard pressure but i think i mean the growth of mental health charities apps and kind of broadly distributed information that have, that have helped everyone kind of kind of get everyone get everyone educated but uh, everything from, I mean, there's eco-anxiety, like eco-anxiety to school stresses will happen and it will happen to everyone at some point. So I feel like, again, that concept of it's okay not to be okay and kind of mm. kind of giving everyone a break almost is kind of most important. Yeah, and I think also like trying to to give ourselves like the space to not just to chill out, but, but give ourselves the space to have the space, right? I think like as as we have more and more things that we have to do in our days and more and more things that we can fill our days up with, sometimes just taking the time to to connect with someone and to talk to someone and to check in on your friends and, and have the conversations and, and just take the time. Actually, just like, because time is a currency, but being more, um, taking our time more seriously sometimes is, is a really beautiful way to to sort of handle that, create that. And I think I think COVID has has been a positive impact and has been able to to make us more aware of, of how we use our time. I don't know if, if that's something that you realize as well, but I think for me it's it's realized that I've made me realize that I I how I use my time is is very important for, for how I feel in my life. Mm, yeah. Um, yes. And, and also, I wanted to, to know, like, for you, uh, with Fred and, and how you have sort of made that into an entire platform and, and now this bigger community, um, and, and it's really centered around Gen Z's, as, as you said before, and, and, and our organization as well is completely youth-led and, and, and catered to, to Gen Z's as well. But why do you think it's important that we we have a platform that's specifically catered to our generation and give voice to our generation. I think it's really important because the only Generation Z speak the kind of the language of Generation Z. So hmm. we're not going to feel particularly engaged. We're not going to feel particularly kind of almost at home or wanted by platforms that don't speak our language. We're definitely one of the generations which we want platforms to accommodate to us. We're not going to accommodate to different platforms. So I feel like we find it really important that we're kind of we have to be a young team because we're speaking to young people and these young people only want to be spoken to by other young people. So that's kind of, I think it's important because we kind of, 
all have the same philosophy, all have the same mindset, all have the same narrative. So yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's so fun. Like I, I love the way that that we at our team as well has been able to. I don't know if how that is for you, but but I work with people who who were first my friends, and then we had an organization together. Yeah. And, and and sometimes the other way around, we have people that we have like jump on our team right now, and and they've just become close friends, and and it feels so. It's just a completely different environment, and and I feel like the balance and keeping things um professional at the same time so that having that private connection with people actually is not an a something that's difficult it's it's rather something that seems really very natural to to us as well and and how sort of our world is is made up yeah i agree um so so also for you and and something i realized as well is that how you've done this in such a young age and are you 16 or 17 right now 16 16 oh my god yeah, yes. 17, 17 soon though 17 too okay but but like it's it's something that i i've seen and and also for myself like starting out at a young age and doing something even though it's not your job but actually you do this as a job as as, as well as going to school or whatever it is that we do so for you how how has that been how has that affected you and and how has that transformed you to like transform you the way that you've been able to do your job and, and do that from the beginning yeah, I think the bit, the biggest kind of tra- it's such a transferable ability, that kind of ability of leadership, that ability of just talking to people who are older than you, so transferable. But it's when I'm able to use that ability and kind of use it in other parts of my life. I mean, because I mean, I've learned it from work. But when I'm playing sports, when I'm doing a, a school project at school, it's it's massively useful. The the transformation has definitely been slow and steady. And I by no means say that I'm kind of there to being a leader. But um, it's definitely kind of, I think I'm definitely on the right path and I'm getting there. I don't always notice it myself, but I've kind of realized that I always dive in head first to things nowadays. And I kind of drive towards the solutions when kind of, I, I always plan things as well. It's quite weird. Like, I'm a very weird, I kind of weirdly want to have a schedule for things like even like a night out or like doing nothing. I kind of like, let's do this, then this, this. And my mate's like, well, what are you doing, Jake? Like, sort yourself out. But yes. it's, quite, it's quite funny sometimes. Yes. Okay. I also like for me, I, it's, it's so funny when, when you say that because I, I was, I was like, it, I felt like it was so white. I, I read an article, um, I think it was last year or something, about uh, the different TikTok houses and, and, and the TikTok houses that specifically were, were made by made up by Gen Zers. And, and you would think that that was sort of just a party house. But, but it, in reality, it turned out to be a house with strictly rules of how things should, should like be divided into work and, and leisure time. And how people were, we were having fun together, but we also have a really high moral of work. And I was like, yes, that's so perfect. Like that, that balance of like having a fun pool party at the same time that you're actually doing your work. And I was like, that's so true. That's so right. That's, that's literally what happens every time. You're always in this, this weird juxtaposition of being at a work mindset, at being at, at a sort of having fun mindset at all time. I think that's, and that's really cool. So, oh, so, that, yes. like, I mean, <laughs> it's, a funny, it's a funny example. I've never thought about that, but you're right. 
does. Yeah, it was so fun. Like, I think, I think I was like, I, I was first, like, I was like having all of these, like, well, of course they're not doing anything. But, but then I was reading it. I was like, well, of course they are doing things because they're DNCs and they know how to do that kind of stuff and, and, and do that from, from a young age. Like, we just know how to, somehow we've been able to, we all, all of us know how to take some level of responsibility for ourselves. And, and it doesn't seem like just something that we, we learned from school. I was like at first because I realized, well, I grew up from, from like seven years old being an elite athlete. Um, so, so I was like, well, I just learned that that way. But it seems something that's even more fundamental to our entire generation, not just something I had as, as, as that, like, that way of growing up as well. So, yeah. um, Yes. Um, so for anyone who, who aspires to, to do the type of work that you do, or whether it's in the art field or in, it's in the activism or the sort of more entrepreneurial field, what would your advice for them be? I think I kind of, there's a couple kind of, just like advice to people in general. I think there's a couple of kind of golden nuggets of wisdom that I would really like to give. The first one is, and this kind of applies to entrepreneurship, if you want to start like a social activism campaign or just anything in general. It, you should never be afraid of failure, but you should be terrified of regret. Like, mm -hmm. I really like that because it kind of talks about the, and I, I love to be my young entrepreneurship, so I'm going to give the young entrepreneurship and kind of starting a business as an example. But effectively, the cost of starting a company now is a tenth of that that it was 10 years ago, which effectively means that you could start and fail 10 companies now for the cost of one company 10 years ago, which I think is a great kind of statistic. But if you think about something like Starbucks, it, it, Starbucks is literally just, if someone put chairs and sofas into a coffee shop, I can bet you a, a lot of money that people were standing in a coffee shop in the line thinking, I wish I had chairs and sofas. Starbucks wasn't, the, the person who created Starbucks wasn't the first person with the idea, it was the first person who executed because they weren't afraid of failure, but they were terrified of regret. And I can bet that all the people who had the idea for Starbucks are probably regretting it now and not doing it. So I, I, I quite like the example because it's such a simple thing. The same applies though for the, the Facebooks, the Amazons, the Snapchats, the everything. It's not the people who have the idea who then become successful ones. It's people who have the idea and execute on the idea who then become the Jeff Bezos, the Evan Spiegels, the, the kind of the, the, the Zuckerbergs of the world. So um, that's the kind of the one piece of the kind of the nugget of wisdom I like to give. And that doesn't just apply for the entrepreneurship. It applies for everything. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a just do it kind of comment. But I think it's a really good way of putting it. Mm, yes, I love that. Such a good rise. Um, and for if you could give any message to your fellow Gen Zs, what would you say? I'd say that, uh, good question. I think the impact of social media on activism cannot be understated. Mm -hmm. So what was once possible is now very much possible. Efforts that once required kind of huge amounts of people knocking on doors day, like day by day, street by street, can now be done in a very well-placed tweet. So the, the internet has now become the front line for activists and we have to prioritize our online messaging or otherwise we're going to have our messaging regulated for them. Social media is definitely the most powerful tool of communication and its users are helping activists to build communities and raise awareness and mobilize. I think that the people who are trying to criticize social media are those older people who want to use the more traditional methods of activism, but that's just a classic example of the generation gap because they, they, don't, they don't get it. They don't understand the philosophy. 
So will they come, they'll understand that our words, our data, our clicks help kind of put us in contact with those in power. And effectively, it enhances our level of democracy with kind of the governments that we're kind of underneath. We know that kind of today's activists aren't going to be satisfied with just digital activism, but where change really happens is when you have digital activism paired with the footwork on the ground to really make it happen. It's the kind of, it's the using the digital activism, using social media to spread beliefs and awareness, but then using those long-standing principles for building and sustaining the social campaigns that we fight for. Uh, as someone 15 years younger than the internet, its universal influence has massively shaped the way that I engage with other people around social change and other people in just in my generation. It makes activism and speaking to those people unimaginable without the use of the internet. So I think if I had to kind of leave it on one note, I say use your media to grow awareness, use your voice to bring attention, use your privilege to drive purpose, and use your limited time on this planet to kind of harness the power of collectivism to drive positive social change at scale. Mm, well, that's a beautiful set. Yes, I love that. Um, and, and us as a community and as an organization and everyone tuning in, how can we support you and Fred? Mm. Bob? I was saying, how can we as a community um, and as our organization, but everyone tuning in, how can we support Fred and, oh. and you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, um, okay, well, I mean, everyone, if you wanted to appreciate me, appreciate for anything, go check out our website. That's www.thread.com, T-H-R-E-D, so it's thread without the A, dot com. Um, my, uh, follow the Instagram, which is at threadmag, T-H-R-E-D-M-A-G, and then my Instagram is at jenkos, jenk.oz. Um, to be to have us get involved with the website, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you my email so you can kind of put it in kind of a description or something. But it's uh, Jenk at Thread Media, and then we've got an awesome group of um, ambassadors, Discord moderators, interns, kind of uh, internships, and uh, all of the above. Your roles in effectively every part of the company. So please do email me, reach out on LinkedIn, reach out on Instagram, reach out any way possible, or even through the website. Um, and if you kind of really want to have a role in our change maker network. Mm, yes, amazing. Um, thank you so much for for tuning in with me today and for chatting with me. Uh, I had such a good time and such a nice way of talking to you and I had so many good highlights and insights. Uh, so I just wanted to say thank you. Um, it was absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I hope to see you very soon. episode was brought to you by Humanidia. Thank you for tuning in and for being part of this amazing community. I'll see you next time.